comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 92. A very special episode of the DCTV Podcast. <laughs> because, so special. Because it was a very special episode of Arrow. Um, we are back, we took a week off, because there were only two episodes last week. Um, so we kind of gave ourselves a vacation, wrote ourselves some checks and petty cash, and went to Cozumel. Uh, for the week, at least that's what I did. I don't know what these guys did, but uh, we had two episodes of Supergirl and or one episode of Supergirl, one episode of Arrow last week, and then four episodes of all the CW shows this week, which would be Supergirl, Flash, going to Gorilla City, um, Legends of Tomorrow, God. and uh, Arrow once again, of course. And uh, joining me as always every week for this uh, traipse down in the Wonderland we call the DC TV podcast. The, um, Sir Chubb of the Toads, <laughs> knighted as such by Guinevere of the round table, right after she got done making with Sarah, Sarah making out with Sarah Lance a lot. Uh, <laughs> Richard the Chubb Toad, Sheldon, how you doing this week, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. You just now made me think again of Ray of the Palms, which for some reason just right, yeah. does not sound right. Just does not sound right. Because he's Why? an idiot. Oh. We found another euphemism, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Ray of the Palms. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled pork, Ray of the Palms. <laughs> yes. I always liked uh, feed, Feeding the Ducks. was one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Think about it. Or Distributing <laughs> Literature. Distributing Literature. Yeah. No. Think about that motion, you know, anyway. No. Creating um, a white. <laughs> the other other Luthor sister, the one who had to get locked away in a cage until she was eighteen, had to break out and join the League of Assassins on her own to learn her throat punch techniques. Who told you my backstory? It's all it's all in the dossier, man. All right. Well, it's all, it's all in your press kit that your agent sent over here. We all have head- copies. Of your first appearance in Justice League. Come on. Yeah, man. I, I sense some deaths coming, so yeah. Okay. And the man who was actually hiding in the Department of Corrections bus when the three hot chicks in Arrow broke out this week, but was too... He knew better than to stick his you-know-what in crazy, so he just hid out until they were gone. Mr. Daryl Taylor. I had stuck myself in the crazy. I don't know, man. That's a lot of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, I've done you know, worse. You know he stayed out of it because he figured those three gone is just more pasta for him. Mm. Well, I, I can always like make more thing. pasta. Mm-hmm. I do like a redhead. Wow, yeah, because it, it was it was reminding me of kind of like Fox Force Five minus two, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's nice to see Tara getting work again. 
That's what I was saying. It, and we were just talking about that. She's got great bone structure. She's a good actress. Like, why is she not doing everything? I don't know. Suki! Suki! Oh, gosh. Maybe that's why. Anyway, we have uh, a lot of <coughs> six episodes to talk about this week. A lot of things to talk about. Uh, I want to do some news off the top real quick, because we got some big news in the past couple Ooh. days. Uh, let's talk about Cress Williams playing Black Lightning. Yeah. What do you think? Good choice? Interesting. Why'd they have to get a black guy, though? <laughs> I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It would have been cool if they'd cast, like, a Welsh woman as black. I mean, <laughs> you know, is it all about race? I you've been getting your jive ass off my street now. That's right. <laughs> I was Daryl. I thought we had a black clash. They just call him kid. Yeah. This is different. This is black lightning. <laughs> you, sure? you know where you hide? You hide? No, I can't do that. <laughs> and we're back (laughs) (laughs) anyways we talked about the synopsis last episode where you know it's jefferson piercy he hung up his suit a long time ago as a vigilante black lightning but uh they thought he was out but they pulled him back in so that's kind of a cool way to go we got children it's your children it's your children um, the Aquaman syn- uh, synopsis is out. Yes. Pretty interesting, uh, take on Aquaman. Um, Aquaman, it says, will center on Aquaman as a reluctant ruler of an underwater kingdom of Atlantis who is caught between land dwellers polluting the globe and his own people who are ready to invade the surface. Damn it. So, uh, you got, uh, Momoa, of course, is Aquaman. I didn't know Nicole Kidman and Willem Dafoe were in this. So. I know that was new stuff. They just uh, Kidman out. is playing his mother. Yeah, oh. Dafoe is playing Volko. So yeah. Um, did, I, did we? I'm. I was trying to remember after that announcement. Has there? I can't remember his mother in the comics hardly at all. His mother is always in the comics. That's how he got here. Of course. Well, I. <laughs> But I mean, as far as her backstory and all that stuff, I mean, yeah, I didn't she think... ran away from the. Uh, she didn't want to marry the the dude that they wanted her to marry, right? And she had she ran away and she uh, fell in love. She found the the lighthouse keeper, which is Arthur's father. Fell in love, then had to go back, or they either they changed their history. It was one where she went back, or the other one where she was captured and had to go back. Because they would have killed the yeah. the uh, lighthouse keeper if they didn't. I've heard, and admittedly, I have hardly read much Aquaman over the years, but I just didn't remember oh, much beyond. Yeah, he Aquaman was bothered by a, the lighthouse guy. Right. That's all I remember. Yeah, Aquaman um, has a weird history. It's a weird. We got a little tease of uh, CW already getting ready for their next four-way superhero crossover. Oh, shoot. Saying that they did hear the uh, the noise of the fans saying you know it was more like a three point one episode you know because it was only like the tail end of Supergirl or whatever but because it was but uh, they said it was gonna be a true four way superhero crossover next season they're already te- teasing that um, we got official it got official this week after hearing it was gonna walk away uh, Matt Reeves is gonna be directing uh, the Batman the new Batman wait this just in he said f off he just left. Whoa. Oh no! Wait, he's back again. Oh, he's back. He's back. he's back again, buddy. Back again. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. he's gone again. Oh, he's gone. Wait, what? Wait, refresh the browser. Oh, no, they're back. bringing in Max oh, Landis now. Okay. Do all this. Oh wait, he's back. He's back. <laughs> oh wait a minute. 
But why though? Uh, wait, Black Lightning is going to be in Aquaman? Which one? <laughs> and also, the, the final bit of news I wanted to throw out there, Chris McKay, one of the um, um, co-writers of the Lego Batman movie, is in talks to direct a Nightwing movie. So that should be pretty cool. I don't know. It would be, be an interesting take, you know, like you know, the, the sidekick trying to make his own way. And, you know, we talked about this before when they were, uh, they were proposing a Titan series for TNT, if you remember. Yeah, that was the most exciting DC news of the week to me. I'm like, cool. I'd yeah. love to see a Nightwing movie. It's really a character who hasn't really gotten his due in the movies no. or in the TV shows. So. No, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. let's go to the recaps. Let's go to the shows. Uh, last week's Supergirl uh, called Luthor's. It starts out with, uh, this is back, uh, like I said, two weeks ago with uh, Kara and Monel still being awkward around each other. Yes. Um, they start out, I, I think we all keep talking about the CW sandwich and they do it here again oh, with, yes. uh, with, uh, you know, Alex coming out to the rest of right. Team Supergirl and everybody in Team Supergirl being like, yeah, we kind of already knew all that. Uh, you know, um, Kara comes to visit Lena because she feels bad about her, brings her some donuts. Um, sure. cause you know, that's what you do. Yeah. And, you go and, to prison. and advises her to go visit her mom in prison and she does. And Lillian Luthor tells Lena that she's not only a half, you know, uh, Luthor by blood or whatever, her dad, like, she's a product of one of her dad's affairs. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> and Lionel adopted her after her birth mother died. Um, it's your daughter. But she, she blames... cold-blooded, too. It's your daughter. But she blames, uh, she blames it all on uh, Lena's dad. Lena maybe half believes her, but not fully, mm-hmm. I don't think. And meanwhile, John Corbin's hanging out in a cell and somebody uh, FedExes him a kryptonite heart. Sure. Is that nice? It's that easy. It's a, you call, oh. FedEx, call up Amazon, they have kryptonite for you. Like yeah. that. Yeah. Just yeah, like but that. you can't get that two-day delivery with Prime. They do no. charge you. Yeah, oh, they do, do charge extra. For the kryptonite, yeah, yeah I imagine they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, you know. Sucks. I guess they don't have that in the warehouses. They've got to drop ship that. Maybe so. they should, yeah, maybe they can, when they start using those drones, you know. There you That's go. so true. Um, Corbin goes to court the next day, and he goes real anti-alien while Lillian is at the defense table, and then mm-hmm. Corbin goes ballistic with his kryptonite heart. Yeah, he says, CMB! And then they all just get around. CMB, is that what he said? I'm my brother's keeper. Yep, I heard it. Yeah, uh, my brother's keeper. So uh, Corbin escapes and blasts the place with kryptonite heart. Um, Supergirl tries to stop them from escaping, but mm-hmm. they do that old thing with you know either save the civilians or catch us, and you know with a crane, and she grabs the crane to save the people, obviously, and they get away. I like that scene with the crane. Yeah, that was good. I looked pretty good, yeah. yeah. Everybody's wondering how the hell Corbin got kryptonite. They should, they've come up with this video of Lena getting the kryptonite from some hiding spot. It makes mm-hmm. her look guilty. But um, she begs, you know, she pleads with Kara to believe that she had nothing to do with it, but Maggie arrests her anyway. Oh, no. So uh, because of the video, everyone helped, thinks Lena helped her mom escape. Um, Metallo breaks Lena out of jail. Um, the Guardian tries to stop him. <laughs> and oh, totally fails. Of course he does. They've got to do away with that guardian. I am. I am just done. With your it. language, the children. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry, but it's just. It is so lame. Mm-hmm. Why he would think someone who goes toe to toe with Supergirl and almost yeah. like could kill her 
why he thinks he would be able to. And, I don't know why he thinks any of that is a good idea, or even beyond that, I don't I know, know why the writers think that he is a good idea, because he is not. And I why imagine. would you ask them to arrest such a beautiful white woman? <laughs> what is wrong with you, okay. What is wrong with you? Throwing away a perfectly good white girl like that. Yeah, he has so much shade for her. I'm like, are you serious? That's a shame. Yeah, I know. Jimmy and uh, Kara kind of get in this thing where Jimmy doesn't believe Lena and Kara does. Damn. And it also kind of ties into Kara not thinking that Jimmy is doing a good job, you know, being guardian. Hey, or whatever. Did you not see her credits call, girl? <laughs> the Luthors yeah. uh, show up at a uh, like a secret weapons vault of Lex's. And Lena does not treasure want treasure trove. Oh yeah, I mean, treasure trove of Easter eggs. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's see. They had the power armor. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Had the black mm-hmm. mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, had what was it? The, the tiny box. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Was it a box? It was uh, it was something they named in another episode. What's in I the box? There's something in the box. Damn it. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> but it turns out the only reason Lillian broke Lena out is because she needs her DNA to access the Lexus weapon vault. Ain't this something? I know. I knew not to trust that woman. Uh, Wynn finds out the video was doctored, and it was actually uh, Cyborg Superman. I still mm-hmm. don't know why they call him that. <laughs> I know, Here, right? I know. I know. I know. Um... Kara goes to save her friend Lena, uh, even though the kryptonite is very unstable and will, you know, probably explode. It ain't that pure so. cut stuff. It's that no, it's cut with like baking baking uh, soda and yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, no, so calling it blue magic is when it's not. Oh my gosh. Uh, Kara confronts uh, Lillian Luthor and Mattel and Cyborg Superman are there, and Lillian tells them to beat the crap out of her. Uh, Mattel's heart is about to explode more and more as he uses it. Um, once Lillian notices that, her and Cyborg Superman get the hell out of there. Uh, Supergirl tries to handle Mattel on her own, but Martian Manhunter shows up just in time. And then her and John and Lena fly out of there before Mattel goes boom. And all is safe in the world. James and Kara make up. Kara and Lena make up. And uh, Lena says, thank you for believing me and for sending Supergirl to save her. And, um... It was it was funny. This is the scene that caused like the the scene that launched a thousand fanfics because like Lena's kind of wearing a sexy dress and Kara's kind of being a really good friend. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I saw a lot of that online this week. Uh, mm-hmm. You pervs. <laughs> after, I'm sorry. After Kara leaves, the Disney villain music starts as Lena's mm-hmm. like staring at a chess uh. piece and remembering uh, beating Lex at chess. To kind of leave it vague, like whether or not she has come, you know, gone to the dark side, or actually is as good as she seems. Uh, Monel shows up at Kara, Kara's apartment. Um, Kara gives him the green light, and he's about to kiss her when Mister Mixius Pitlake shows up, Ugh. looking oh. like a two bit, like a dollar store Doctor Who. Yeah, that ain't my mix no. of Blickley. Please. No, me either. You know what he looked like? He looked like a bootleg Tom Hiddleston. That's what he looked yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's him. So it's, uh, he wants to he wants to marry. Who don't? Um, right. me. Oh, well, besides you. Well, you're wrong. 
She's cute as a bear. <laughs> no, I said who doesn't. Yeah. You, know? you said who wants to marry her. I don't do marriage. Come on, I have minions. Let's just. Oh, that's right. that's right. Hey. I'm sorry, I forgot about your well, your army of minions. That's, that's right. right. That's so right. this episode with Luthors and stuff, I thought it was pretty cool. I loved all the Easter eggs in the vault. I give it like a B minus. The CWness of this show, especially in this next episode we're going to talk about with Mr. McPivlik. Ugh. Is the CWness is really bogging down what could be a much better uh, show. So. Oh man, I give this I one give, a B minus. Yeah, I give it a B minus. B. See, I was at a at a C plus. I I really. Oh wow. I didn't feel that there was a lot really great about this episode. I mean, there were some good moments, but I, I like Jim said, the CWness and just. I, I don't know. I just was not that entertained. I was excited to see the Mitzaplex at, at the end, even though I agree, Daryl, that's not exactly what we would want to picture. But yeah, that was exciting, but still just not a overwhelmingly great episode. Supergirl, Mr. and Mrs. Mixius Pitlick. Now, that is the accepted pronunciation, right? Mixius Pitlick. Yeah, I always thought it was Mixie Pitlick, but... Yeah, me too. On the so, show, they keep on saying Mixes Pitlick. So. I just call him Tyrone. Tyrone. I think yeah. as long as they went through the trouble of writing it out in the air and, and pronouncing it a couple times, they can kind of do what they want with it. It's not like this guy is is not capable of lying about his name or pronouncing it in different ways just to mess with people. He's he's an imp, you know. He's impish. She's she does stuff. Uh, so it really does. I didn't. I I I did think, wow, that's not pronouncing it right, but. It's not a huge deal considering who this is. Now, considering he like popped up just as he was, as she was about to kiss Monel. Did anybody else here flash back to the end of the first season? Of course, oh, yeah. when she was she just about to kiss Jimmy, Jimmy and yeah. then the Clean same thing happened. Yep. Well, that happened twice. Mm-hmm. That happened twice. Like no, for no. Yeah. It seems to be a yeah, recurring theme like, here. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the writers, or at least one writer, was a huge freaking moonlighting fan. Uh huh. That yep. that. The, the never quite hooking up, and combined with the banter later on between her and Monel, that's you know just like fighting but kind of cute still and quick witted. Yeah, like, it worked on It's not working as much here. Oh no, I'm not saying, but it's derivative. It's seriously derivative. Right. Yeah, he's no, he's no Madison, and I mean she's no Madison, and he's no. Uh, David, uh, yes, David, David, David Addison yep. and Maddie. Addison, yeah. yeah. Yep. We're old. Uh, anyway, yeah, we are. Yeah, and that was back when Bruce Willis had some hair. Yeah. Uh, no, remember, right? remember the return of town. the return of Bruno? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yes. That, that album that Bruce Willis yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, I I still yeah. have my copy of that album. Of course you do. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mr. Mixes Pitlick uh, fills Kara's apartment with roses and candles. And he tells her that he wants to marry her. He's kind of like, they kind of cast him as Kara's Maxima. Okay. You know, who kind of right. comes to Earth to mate with Superman. He kind of is in love yeah. with Kara. And he's like, yeah. um, so Kara's like, uh, of course not. Why would I marry you or whatever? So yeah. uh, as it goes on, he keeps doing stuff like he creates an illusion of parasite attacking the city. Um, he like Mixie swoops in in a, in a uh, dress like Superman. <laughs> That was epic. So, Mixie finally gives Karen an ultimatum to say, I do, or bad things are going to happen to the people you love in your world. Right. So, Very loving. 
Uh, he created, and then we get this whole CW part with Monel arguing that they should just kill him because he's jealous and and caring. You know, I don't need protection. I'm Supergirl, and you know all this other blah 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 blah. blah. It was just so rom commy and annoying. Yes, know. very. Yes, it was like it was a Valentine's Day episode or something. Yeah, it was like bad rom commy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You think oh, it was so Valentine's Day or something? <laughs> So anyway, um, Monel goes to uh, oh, we get a cool subplot with Wynn hooking up with an Indian As girl. Did I or did I not say this? You go Win. Didn't I? Did not? Did I? Did not say that's the the Win universe, and that is freaking the Demon Girl that Xander hooks up with. I was t- oh my god! That's I said her. are we at the bronze? That are is we her. At the they wrote her the same way, like the whole yeah. thing of. I don't yes. date humans usually. This is this really a thing? Like we're gonna hook? Like we? She thought they were hooking up, and he was like, "No, I want to actually date you," and all that. That is how that. That's how that whole thing went down with him and Xander. They're just doing it beat for beat, man. It is. We were at the bronze. Mm-hmm. Some, some beef popped yep. off. That's and, exactly uh, what I thought was the bronze. Yes, and even the the make the, the makeup totally looked like the vampires in Buffy. Completely. Sure did. Yep. Sure yeah, did. it was. But it was actually, you know what it reminded me of? You remember that part, what? like the Star Trek in the '90s, where like every alien race just had like shit like glued on their face. Yeah, look like you, but like the Kardashians and yeah. uh, the Bajorans, and yeah. they're like normal yeah. people with glue, shit glued on their face. Yeah, they had foreheads. Yeah. They had the special foreheads. Yeah. Right, right. That's yeah. how. That's what it reminded me of. It's just like, well, like, the I, like how can we make this so. girl look yeah. alien but still hot? You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause, yeah same thing, same deal. But uh, he he's kind of like you know talking to her in the bar and blah, and then she kicks all these guys' asses who are. Uh, you know, make it yeah. mess him with him, and then uh, kind of hot. Actually. Immediately yeah. takes him to sex him, and then he meets her at the International House of Pancakes later, and he's like, "Baby, I don't, I don't, I don't want you just to be a hookup. I want you to be a real thing." And then right. she gets, she's like, "Let's go back to your place," and he says, "Okay." So, okay. so you know, way to fold. Way to, way do to fold, win. Hey, <laughs> it's not folding. That is folding. He made snazzy plans, and he's just going to be. Led through the nose by the hook, he just she just put through a septum. No, that's wrong. Come on. I, I, I have to say with Wynn, I, I have liked his character all along, but he to me now is more of what the traditional Jimmy Olsen role was for Superman yeah. than what the Jimmy Olsen we're getting in this show. I like um, and I really did like the twist, the change of what they did with Jimmy Olsen in the first season of Supergirl, and now they've made him incredibly lame. But when I'm on board with his character and and some of the kookiness and the comic relief we're getting from him, but I'd rather him just be Jimmy Olsen and not have the Jimmy Olsen we have. Hmm. Uh, Monel steals this like alien relic from the DEO. That uh, supposedly is like fifth dimensional power or whatever, while Wynn is like still on cloud nine from getting some. And uh, he confronts Mixius Pidlick and challenges him to a duel. They end up dressing up like Hamilton and Burr. And uh, Monel uses the relic and kind of disrupts Mixie's powers for a while, but that doesn't last very long. And Mixie ends up getting the upper hand. And Kara shows up and says, Look, meet me tomorrow at the Fortress of Solitude and I'll marry you. Okay? 
to save Monel's life. She basically says that. Then she tells Monel not to follow her, not to deal with it, you know, not to get an infringe on her in this. Leave her alone. Let her handle this. You know. Um, we get a side plot with Alex and Maggie, where Alex is kind of excited about having her first Valentine's Day in a relationship. Oh, I love her. But that fails because um, Valentine's Day kind of messes up with messes or um, brings up Maggie's past, where you know not so happy memories of her in high school when she kind of came out and her parents you know sent her away. That was so sad. That was sad. Um, Alex tries to come for Maggie, but Maggie just gets upset and runs out of the apartment. Yeah. Good reason. I I get it. Yeah, but then later she realizes that you know things are better now and that, you know, it means a lot to her and that uh, maybe she should, you know, put it aside her personal misgivings about the holiday to give Alex, you know, do something for Alex. And she ends up renting this, like, ballroom so they could have their own private prom. It was kind of cute. The dorps. Yeah, if you're going to boycott Valentine's Day, do it for the right reasons. Like the fact that it's a totally made-up holiday to sell chocolates, cards, and flowers. Or the fact that it was this one time where it was a mining town, and this guy went nuts down there and killed everybody with his pickaxe. Oh, it happened in band camp. Yeah. <laughs> no, I heard it was a guy in summer camp with a machete and a hockey oh. mask. Are you sure? Who Pretty sure the guy comes Crystal through your Lake. dreams. And he's Crystal, Lake. No, no, the, no. Crystal Lake. It's this guy that has a hat. And he's kind of got messed up skin, and he has uh, these knife fingers, and he comes with you, comes at you through your dreams. I know a guy who knows a guy that that happened to. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Mixie shows up at the Fortress of Solitude to meet Supergirl dressed in a tux. Uh, mm-hmm. Kara shows up, and she says, you know, I can't marry you. And uh, he flips out and, like, animates the Jor-El statue to attack her. And then she destroys that. Um Kara says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Great great reference there to Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that was like one of my favorite lines in that movie, and it really stuck out when she did it. She seals the fortress from the inside and sets the fortress's atomic... Why does every atomic reactor in the world have a thing where you can just set it to blow up? Like, immediately. Um, so that we could... Lazy like everywhere. storytelling. Yeah. Lazy storytelling. (laughs) Because you have to have it on there for one in case a supervillain comes across it because they have to use it as their plot device to take over the world. Or two, the hero has to find it and use it in order to beat that supervillain somehow, some way, some form. Yeah. You need a timer to go be killed, you know, take it out to. Exactly. To create false tension. Isn't the the answer. Strictly speaking, supposed to be you wouldn't want it to fall in the wrong hands. No, that kind yeah. of yeah. I think oh. I think <laughs> no, I yeah. think they call it a MacGuffin. It's it's lazy storytelling. Now, I'm not I'm not arguing that. Who did he use? Who did he use? Anyway, who <laughs> did? So uh, it's only um, you know Kara's you know Kara, uh, Mixie calls her bluff and says, okay, you know, tell me what buttons to press on the fortress computer to shut down. And uh, Kara, you know, tells Mixie this one, this one. Mixie can't read Kryptonian, and he inadvertently ends up spelling his name backwards, which sends him back to the fifth dimension. Now, I thought he had to say his name backwards. No, because in, if you remember, do you remember the animated series? Yes, that's With why Mixie's I remember. Like, there was one yeah. where he he edits one of Clark Kent's thing, and all he has to do is cross yeah, out the letters. Okay. Right. Yep. By the way, Gilbert that. Gottfried is the perfect Mixie's Pidlick. I just thought he was awesome in that episode. 
I disagree. He, he does annoying very well. I disagree. Yeah, exactly. Super annoying. Yes. Oh. I'm not a mixy plick fan anyway. So I after disagree. that, Karen and Monel go back to Kara's apartment and they clear the air. And uh, they have uh, their kiss with their CW music behind it. Now, can I do my can I do my directorial debut and write a new story for this whole episode that would have been ten times better than this? Bring it. No. Do it. Do it. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. No. No. I won't Imagine hear. if instead of having a big bad, all of them go on dates and we just see them on their dates, and then throughout that. Like Supergirl's trying to have her first date with Monel, but then crime happens and she has to, you know, help him out. Gwen is on his date with his girl, and then some crisis comes. He has to deal with that, but we still get to see them talk to each other and we learn the stuff. We actually learn about the characters as the episode goes, and it's not a big deal about the bad guys. It's just about the relationships and them developing as people. And then we have Jimmy's character development. And then we Come have on. Jimmy, who doesn't have a date, but he's kind of trying to deal with his feelings about Kara and how she just flipped on him instead of it just everybody acting like everything is fine. Even though and then, he, moved, weird then he moves back to Metropolis that we never heard from again on this show. That's your other story you're writing. But okay. all of that is just that, just the date. Buffy did this too. And that actually worked, where it was just date night. Yep. And it wasn't a big deal. Everybody And people enjoyed the episode because you learned so much about the characters and their relationships with each other. <laughs> just saying. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joss Whedon. I mean, Daryl Taylor. Sorry. Just saying. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Well, I mean, at least I, I'm hoping if they're going to keep aping stuff from Buffy, <laughs> that when they get to the musical episode this season, at least it lives up to the greatness that was that uh, Buffy musical. Once more with feeling. Once more with feeling. Uh, yes. So what do we give this episode of Supergirl? Uh, I give it a C minus. I give it a C plus. C. It's right on par with last week or the prior week's episode. C for candy. I say B minus is on the same CW mixture (laughs) as last week, so I'm with you. Let's move on to something a little more exciting. The Flash. Season 3, episode 13. Attack on Gorilla City. Yeah. It's about time we went to Gorilla City, don't you think? Oh, yes. Going to Gorilla City. Going to have some fun. Um, last, when the last episode left off two weeks ago, which really made me mad, Jesse Quick has popped through the portal and telling Teen Flash her dad, mm-hmm. her dad has been set off on set off on an expedition to Gorilla City and got uh, his entire team was murdered except him and he's been gone for two weeks. He's been abducted by the gorillas and gorillas. I need one of them portals, man. Pretty Star- white women just flying out of nowhere. Imagine the callous content of the spaghetti on the I'm saying. Get a mix. Can they be white, black, yellow, green? I don't care. Fine women coming through a portal is all good, my mom. I know last time it was Gypsy. I'm like, she was pretty. I'm saying, ain't nobody that came out, ain't no woman that came out that portal 
with somebody you don't want to spend the rest of your life with. <laughs> Man. Or at least that night. No, no, no. I date. I love. I'm a romantic man. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So they uh, decide to pick a group to go and a group to stay. The group that goes are Barry, uh, naturally, Cisco, uh, Caitlin, and uh, casual Indiana Jones cosplayer Julian. (laughs) (laughs) I I was already warming up to his character in the last couple episodes, like I said before, but I really am liking his character. No. No, you know what? There was one funny scene with him. When Barry asks him to cover for him at work before they go, yeah. and he's like, "Are oh, you going to the Planet of the Apes? You're going to the Planet of the Apes, aren't you?" <laughs> that was pretty funny, but the rest That's of the time, it, he, though, but he should—that should have been the end of it. He was kind of annoying on their trip, you know. He's always yeah. saying, saying stuff he's like, "No, remember what? What are we going to do now? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I want a juice yeah. box. I got a gun. I want to go. Like what? Can we go?" We should kill Barry. We should kill. Uh, uh, we should kill everybody. It's up to Caitlin. Caitlin gets to live. Caitlin gets to live. So anyway, the uh, the team Flash jumps to the breach, and uh, Jesse and uh, Kid Flash uh, and uh, um, Joe and Iris stay behind. Um, they end up with uh, they end up in Earth Two in Africa on Earth Two, which is weirdly like Vancouver. Uh, yeah, because it was like a lot of old growth pines and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of weird. Um, they end up uh, they get into a clearing uh, where they find like his transponder or whatever, and it was a trap. They end up getting hit with uh, tranquilizer darts. Yeah, they just st- for somebody that's so fast, he just yeah, he's not gets really hit very quick quickly. On the draw, yeah. No, you think he would have seen the dart coming and you know moved in time, but no. Um, Team Flash wakes up in their cages, and they come face to face with Harry. But when Harry talks, it's actually Grodd's voice. Yeah, that they you know, that was funny a little bit. Yeah, hmm? but you know there was like a microsecond, like just a quick second, where I was like, "Did Harry and Jesse betray the gang? Was this like some plot?" And I, then I realized, then it I, sunk I, I in. Oh, that's that. Grodd. I don't know. I, I, don't I never know. thought that. I thought that they were going to do what they did, which was we can have we can make a little fun of them by having them talk like an ape. I really like that they give Tom Cavanaugh all these different parts to play. Yeah, yeah, I figured. I mean, they gave him like they gave him uh, you know Mastermind Wells, then Gilbert mm-hmm. Thon Wells, and then mm-hmm. HR, and now you know Earth Two Wells, which is totally. And now he gets. He to doesn't play mind. Him. Now he gets to play a gorilla. You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I figured they were going to do that because he doesn't mind doing the no. the different character stuff. He's been doing that all through this doggone show. Um, Grodd, you know, speaking through Harry, tells the Flash that he lured him there because he needs him to beat Solovar, uh, King Solovar of Gorilla City, who's planning to invade Earth One, yeah, out problem. of fear that the humans want to attack Gorilla City. Uh, but uh, once Barry defeats Solovar, with the whole city watching, Grodd will take his place. Yeah. And he'll make sure, and he says he'll make sure the gorillas won't attack. And you believe that, right? And I can't God is so trustworthy. Yeah. Seriously, Bro. I was screaming at the TV at that point, going, "It is a trap!" And when he right. said, "Because you, because that's his world," I was thinking, "You, you do remember the adventure you went on? He hated humans, like right. because they did things. They to tortured him. him. Yeah, they tortured right. him. Like if anything, he." 
he would really hate. That should be your tell that something ain't right because yeah. he hated humans. Exactly. So, you know, Barry obviously doesn't want to kill anybody. No. But Salvar tells him he has to kill them all in arena. So the subjects on another and girl are sitting and show them his justice is swift and brutal. Yeah, Flash's battle with Salvar. Uh, some of the special effects, a little rough. That crowd? Yeah, that was crowd of grows was a little bit rough there. That showed your budget. The fight was the fight was pretty fun though. You know, even though with the budget. It was fun. It, it, yeah. It's just go like yeah. telling him to try different things, you know. Yeah. It was a t- it was a, I mean it, it really it looks like they were really channeling the first season of The Flash. It reminded me very much of like a video game too, like when you're doing mm-hmm. a boss fight, you know. Um we get this uh first uh, he tries to throw speed punches, but Solivar sends him flying. Then Barry tries to get enough enough lightning to throw it, but Solivar uses uses this like earthquake attack to stop him. Yeah, he used strategy. And then because he has no other option, Barry uses reverse flash like vibrating hand yeah. to knock him down. Well, after Cisco told him. Yeah, right. And then Barry's like, you know, I know you all feel humans. We don't. You think we want war with Grillicon? We don't. We're not all murderers. Immediately gets hit with a tranquilizer darkness. He's trying to. Explain. I just. Well, I I know they had to do it for time, but I just wish that we had that he just would have vibrated and it went through him. And they had to get him another way by using telepathy or something. So Barry wakes up back in the cage, and Grodd as Harry reveals that he lied. Salvar doesn't want to invade Earth-1, Grodd does. And uh, Grodd is pissed about being having sent to Gorilla City, and he plans on forcing Cisco to open a portal. Everybody's kind of disheartened, and Barry's like, you know, there's got to be a way out of here. You know, let's go where there's life, there's hope, Barry says. And uh, Cisco's like, you know what, maybe I should just kill myself, because that way Grodd wouldn't right. be able to use my powers. Right. He even tells Caitlin to do it. That's a coward, sucky way to do it. Yeah. Have the woman that's already on the edge be the one to do right. it. Right. But Cisco's stupid plan gives Barry a different idea. Right. Um, Barry has Freeling, Fre- Caitlin frees him to the point of death. They call Grodd in. He thinks Barry has died. Grodd examines the body. He doesn't detect a heartbeat and it's cold. So he drags Barry's body out of the cage and throws it on a pile of bones. And as Grodd stops out of the dungeon. Harry tells Barry it's time to wake up, and we get a little bit, you know, blast of the theme music, and Barry warms uh-huh. himself up, frees his friends. I'm vibrating. They get far enough out of the city that Cisco can open up a portal, and Grodd chases after him, but the breach closes before you can catch him. So, they think, you know, job well done. They, they made it out of there with, with Wells, right? Uh-huh. Uh, while Flash, Kid Flash and Jesse Quick stayed behind, uh, they stop some bank robbers, and Jesse Quick oh, yeah. just kind of watches while Kid Flash does CW it all by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all the CW of the episode was Jesse and uh, Wally confronting her, you know. But I and liked then, it, though, because I root for those two crazy kids. Wally's like, I'm not complete without you. <laughs> and I'm not complete without him. I don't so, Exactly. I thought she didn't want to be a superhero anymore. That's yeah. why I thought. That's where I thought. I thought that's going. where they're going with it too. Right. I, uh, I did too. Uh, Team Flash comes back to Earth One with Harry. Jesse's happy. Um, Harry meets HR. Yeah. He learns that HR is actually a buffoon with no scientific know-how. Nope. And uh, the day is saved. That. Caitlin and Julian go on a date. Mm-hmm. Despite Caitlin warning Julian to stay away from her because she's bad news. 
And Iris and Barry have some one-on-one time at home. But alas, Team Flash's problems are not over, because back on Earth 2, Grodd has a massive gorilla army ready to invade Earth 1, because he had a backup plan. Right. Gypsy. They got yeah. my girl, Gypsy. How'd they get her? Oh, my gosh. I know. I don't I know. know. You gotta leave her I alone. I know. I want her to get stuck on this earth. I want her to get stuck at the end. So does Cisco. Cisco oh, you her. know it. I want yeah. Cisco okay. to get that right. vibe, oh, vibe did we together. Gloss over the fact that, did we gloss over the fact that Cisco said, welcome to the jungle, baby, when they arrived on Gorilla oh, City? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. that deserves mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that part. Did you, did you like that part where they did that? Where he said, "We go die, man. You shouldn't have came, man. We all go die." Are you going Game to over, man. Yes. Okay, so I give this episode an A. I thought it was awesome, <laughs> except for Barry getting suckered by Grodd, which I saw coming a mile away. Uh, I thought this this episode was pretty great. I give it an A. Yeah, I agree with that. I give it a B plus. Awesome. I give it a B plus. A, and I don't mind Barry being duped every once in a while. I mean, we can't forget he's still a kid, and regardless of what he's been in, right? Exactly. He's still gonna make those dumb twenty something moves. He is. He he don't have no memory. I mean, I'm old and I don't have a memory because I'm old, but very right. young. So, yeah, like I totally memory. get it. I mean, I remember in my twenties when I. Jumped over to an alternate Earth to save my friends from giant apes. It was, you know, I didn't make the best decisions either, so we shouldn't bag on. Yeah, it. but that was just because you was in them trees. <laughs> okay. Now on to our, our next episode, which I'm sure will be rife with comic possibilities uh, and rife with outrage. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Can we talk about Timeless instead? Camelot 3000. <laughs> Not unless there's a DC Timeless comic book coming out. Uh, hey, at least it wasn't George Lucas bad. Yeah, but did they have to find the drunkest dude to play, Arthur? Okay, yeah. first of all, I want to say, if you're going to call your episode Camelot 3000, uh-huh. knowing that there has been a comic called Camelot 3000, uh-huh. and you're going to bait your fanboy base by doing that, Mm-hmm. And have th- year three thousand and Camelot have nothing Preach, to do Brother with Jim. anything. Preach anything to do with one another. Uh-huh. Testify. Then mm-hmm. I, sir, I, sir, will not. I'm not pleased with your episode. Oh, oh you, sir, are no Camelot or three thousand or three exactly. Exactly. Although that one of uh-huh. well, Camelot, yeah, I mean. But- uh, Camelot 3000 was a big deal when it came out. It was like the first. It damn night. sure it was. It was like yeah, one of the first miniseries. It. it was mm-hmm. on. It was the first Baxter paper, like direct sales series. Yeah, man. Brian mm-hmm. yeah, Boland art, right? It's really good. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Really, good really stuff, good. man. I'm. I never had. I remember, all and I remember when they teased this episode. They showed the, the script cover, and they said Camelot 3000. I'm like, exactly. I was like, oh, right. cool. They're mining some excellent stuff from DCU mm-hmm. now, you know. Yeah. But this had nothing to do with that. Yeah, King Arthur looked like he had look more too many beers or something, but that's you know. Yeah, and Camelot. Now 3, I did like the idea that 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 the JSA took pieces of the spear and put it in different points in history and yeah. time. That was that, right. was that was fine if you didn't cover like they have there are pieces in it that uh, that work 
but they always seem to be wrapped up in bad writing. Yep. The actual plot this episode I had no problem with. The stuff with Ray was a bit much. For a me. bit much? Yeah, well... He, okay. Yeah, it was like he was a 13-year-old boy. I know he fanboys out periodically, but it was just so over the top. And, yeah, it was too much. Uh, I am, really sir... Ray of, Ray of the Palms. I am, sir... Ray, if he Air said that one more time... If he said Air of the Palms. I am, sir, dumb name of dumb name. It felt like some kind of weird, like, Arthurian fetish roleplay crap. Tour. I don't know. And he came off like such a overzealous bro. Like, just, uh, uh, uh like, even I Nate, even to, Nate was like, dude, tone it down. I wanted <laughs> to say, I don't know how you people get any mission accomplished because you, you mean do, you people? You know what I mean. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> well, um, those people, you know. Time travelers. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what you thought I meant? When so history anyway. tells you to slow your roll, you're geeking out too hard. So okay? But it's like, you have a mission. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you. the heroic thing is great. And, and having the hero do the heroic thing is wonderful. But if I see them one more time choose to save one person over... Millions of people, and just say we'll just figure it out tomorrow. The team comes I'm first, so Daryl. The I'm team so comes first. It is so like they keep doing the same. It's to the point but, now. I'm mean, rooting for the bad guys. Well, to give them America, for, I mean, need to shut them down. At least, oh, wait, wait. At least this time they were able to go back for their teammate and hold on to part of the spear. But, As opposed why? to every other time that they found a part of the spear and they had to take it away from them. You're, you're right. But I'm like, but even with that, it's like how irresponsible it is for you to stay there with the spear. At least sense, at least take the ship and go out and let people stay there that want to stay there. Right. But it's irresponsible to take the whole, to, to leave the spear there and go out and do what they did. That was just totally irresponsible. Not to mention irrational on Ray and their part. I mean, come on, oh. Ray. It's a made-up, legendary story. It was passed down through time and everything. It is not real. You Never are one dude. You are one dude. You did not win the fight. You didn't win the battle. You weren't supposed to win the battle. This but it's not a battle that ever existed. No, it is it's fiction. Yep. It's totally and not. it's great fiction, and I loved it as a child, oh, and I love oh. it now. But my God. Calm the hell down, Ray. It's made Seriously. It Get your ass on the ship okay. and go time. I was. Yes, I, I have a dogged-eared copy of the Once and Future King somewhere that I keep and reread periodically. Am I going to go slow like on the palms? No. No, I'm not. Absolutely I'm looking at my well-worn VH, VHS copy of Excalibur, even as we speak. Exactly. I love right this show. Show. I <laughs> always did. And I, I want to love this show. I do. I What's want to love this show. But the Mick and Professor Stein show still continues to entertain. Love it. That like I said, that was one of the one, yeah, well, that was another good part of the show. It's always pieces, but <clears throat> it's like I get the fun. But I get you want to make the show uh, fun. That's fine. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you don't you don't at the same time write a well written story. Or at least, like, it's just, I don't know why they even, why even use Camelot 3000? Just use Camelot, but don't yeah. use Camelot 3000 if you're not even going to 
even pull from the source material. Right. You just could have did the Camelot thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it they just could have called make, it anything else, you know. didn't make any sense to do that, except for just a wink. It wasn't even a real wink. Yeah, it was like a fake-out. Yeah, it was a fake-out. Yeah. yeah. It starts it, it, it out. It was opportunism. Oh, it was mm-hmm. opportunism. Yeah. It's like, let's fool these people into thinking they're going to be watching something, and it's totally not. Oh, so this episode starts with Rip in the year 3000. In the year 3000. In the distant future. The year 3000. In Detroit. I don't know. Man. I know. It's going to be underwater by now. I'm saying. <laughs> um, Rip shows up, and uh, Dr. Midnight, a.k.a. Charles, is there in the future. Kind of looking like Cyclops or Jordy LaForge's granddad or something. With he that sure weird did. visor that he had on. <laughs> yeah, he sure um, did. He was able to cure his blindness because he was so far in the future. And uh, Rip shows up and uh, checks out this biomorphic implant that is used for mind control. And meanwhile, he's, he asks Charles where he put the spear. Charles refuses to give it up, and Rip figures out the hiding spot inside Charles. So you can guess what happens next. next yeah, time. that was just an easy kill. He was just... I uh, like Rip much better as an evil villain. Oh, he is better as a villain. He's but... much more interesting. Yeah. So Still uh, lame. Still, still lame. I yeah, it's like, still why lame. is he the villain again? I keep having to try to remind myself, and there, I still nothing now. Yeah, because they did, took his brain, and they did that little thing in his brain thing, and then they turned around. And right. Did, but why? But why? But why? Right. I, I don't know. I could be tell you. I don't know. No. The legends show up in the year 3000. The spear fragment's gone. Charles' bloody body is there. And the dumbest. here's the dumbest thing in this episode. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He even wrote, rest in peace, R.I.P. And they're like, no. It's rest. I'm like, what? No, the, who, Jim, what? who would Jim, you that think was that? Pretty, yeah, that was pretty dumb, but that's still not the dumbest moment of this show. But when you get oh, there, that's true. Okay, yeah. okay, fair yep. enough. Fair enough. It was a get the F out of here moment, though. Get, they get, yes. they get, yeah, uh, I agree. They get back to the ship, and Amaya call, uh, calls Sarah on not killing Rip when she had the chance. Mm-hmm. Called Sarah soft and uh, Sarah, Sarah's like my team comes before tactics mm-hmm. or anything. Mission, yeah, I guess so. Or, or, sense, or saving all of reality. Common sense. <laughs> yeah. Before common you sense. know, rational human thought. Sure. No, it's okay. Saving all reality. You know. Yeah. Um, so they find <laughs> they uh, alerted to another fragment in 507 AD, Britannia. So they're headed for medieval times. Welcome to medieval times. Squad gold. Um, Nate, of course, wants to. Uh, Ray is all like, "Ooh, nice and shiny armor. You need Okino Spiffo." And Nate's like, "Dude, dysentery, uh, the plague, uh, rats, <laughs> leprosy." <laughs> and uh, so they all get together and they head on the Camelot. <laughs> it's only me, a model. I know. It made me think of Monty of Python. <laughs> where's the guy with, the, with co- a lot of camels? Where's the guy with the coconuts? <laughs> anyway, um, they get waylaid in the forest by a bunch of knights in armor, and Guinevere talks of a black knight to take him back to the round table. Hey, hey, don't be talking about my mother. <clears throat> yeah, why's he gonna be a black knight, yo? It's a white dude. Tis but a flesh wound. They're going to get judged by Merlin. Merlin arrives and it turns out to be Stargirl uh, from the JSA. Um, I thought it was going to turn out to be Merlin. 
that would have been a really neat twist. Nah, I, I knew it was going to be somebody that Malcolm they knew. I thought I knew it was going to be somebody they knew. I just didn't know which character. Though. Well, they knew Malcolm Merlin, right? Okay. So they went to high, so um, Stargirl pretty much breaks down what we already knew that uh-huh. uh, three of the GSA members took the other fragments and hid them through time. And they suck as a team. And yeah, already, <laughs> but we already—I mean, this story was already parsed out before. Um, they go to a medieval feast, and Sarah and Guinevere kind of checking each other out after having some female bond, warrior bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray goes and fanboys out at Sir Galahad, <sighs> and then uh, meanwhile, while they're all feasting or whatever, King Arthur has been attacked by the Black Knight, aka Damien Dark. <gasps> what? That's right, the Dark Knight. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, what I, see what I did there? <laughs> and uh, they uh, capture, they kill all of Arthur's men. They place one of the mind control devices on Arthur. Damn. They go back to Camelot. They have him threaten Stargirl uh, to convince the legends to hand over the spear fragment. He puts the knife up to her throat. Sarah starts fighting. Swords are drawn. But it all ends when Gar- Arthur kills Galahad and then turns the knife to his own throat. Damien gives the legends an ultimatum said, bring the spear fragment in by dawn or they're going to lose everybody to mind control army. Because you know mind control. Yeah. Meanwhile, they were able to get mind control stuff because Stein stole one and uh, they can find another one. Um, and Stein and Jax and Rory work on that. And it turns out it's intensity of will, not actual brain power. It's like, you know, Mick is the one who's actually able to trigger it and, and transmit it. We didn't see it. that coming. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Ray, they they get the fragment. They're, they 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 want to get the heck out of there, you know, because they're going to go up against the mind control army. And uh-huh. Ray's like, "Nope, I'm going to stay. I, I want to stay. stay. I want to stay here and fight for Guinevere and stuff. Uh-huh. I want to stay and fight for fiction because nice. Yeah. Although there is a little bit of me that did like his lightsaber in a way. Yeah, uh, because you just you just fell for the shiny object. Yeah. So, um, we get a scene with Sarah and Amaya where Amaya, like, is able to track the fragment to the, uh, sword in the stone and she pulls mm-hmm. out, she pulls out Excalibur. But Stargirl catches her and says, hey, man, you know, and then they fight. And then, uh, yeah, man. Because, you know, chicks have to fight, I guess. I don't know. Uh, didn't you know? <laughs> didn't you get the memo? They fight, and then uh, she said she wants to stay there because she's falling in love with Arthur. And then Stargirl gives Amaya the fragment anyway. So they're back on the ship with the fragment. They're all ready to go. And they're like, let's go. And then Nate shows up and is like, nope, Ray wants to stay. So, okay. so they have a debate. Okay. So they have a big debate. And then they uh, finally, I mean, surprisingly, depending uh, considering what she said to Sarah earlier, it's Amaya that argues that they should save Ray. Um, after J- Jackson Stein and Mick defend Mr. Haircut himself. Why? Um, so they divide, Sarah divides the group into two. Stein, Jackson, Mick are going to work on the, uh, the, like the Kilgrave contraption thing. And then Amaya, Nate, and Sarah are going to go save Ray. So uh, Jax figures out that Mick is better at it than uh, Stein with the mind control stuff. He actually is able to make Stein shut up, which is cool. Um... 
so they you know they figure out a way to amplify that so he's able to stop the the battle that's going on there's all kinds of fighting going on guinevere gives a stern speech and they go off and fight the mind control dudes but it looks hopeless and just as the battle looks hopeless stein and jacks make uh, mick uses impulses and brutish memories as they say to overload the system yes. and then all the devices fry and fall off their victims and then Arthur's mad. He goes up and slashes Rip with his gun, with his sword. And yeah. um, Damien's like, outs. See you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. He even chases him down. Yeah. So Ray chases down Damien Dark. I don't know why Damien or uh, Ray thought he could fight against a guy who's been trained by the League of Assassins. Exactly. Which was stupid. That's yeah, another stupid moment in the show. Night. No, he's not. <laughs> It's like Damien Dark said, well, Damien Dark, Damien Dark even says, you're nothing but a fanboy in armor, you know. Yeah, he was told. Yeah, exactly. He was right. Yes. So they fight, and he's able to somehow knock Dark on his back, and Dark's like, I submit, and then pulls out a gun and shoots some point blank. Of course he does. It's a bad guy. And then Nate shows up and yells at Ray to be alive, and Ray does wake up, and it turns out he had his Adam suit on underneath his chainmail in armor. Oh, you shit. You're the whole time. What? I am, yeah. How could he have moved at all? Exactly. He couldn't have. I mean, I understand the suit's powered and helps him move, but how is it able to move in restricted... It made no sound. Early ages. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, it wouldn't. Um... We end up, uh... Arthur thinks of mine, Stargirl. Stargirl said she's gonna stay there with Arthur. Um... Sarah has a moment with Guinevere, who calls yeah, Sarah, Sarah Lance a lot. And then Ray comes in, and, and on his way out, he's like, you know, uh, every legend ends with a kiss, and Sarah goes back and gets one from Guinevere. Yes, she does. And yeah. then we get back to the ship. Mick has my another great line. Just admit it, my brain saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to admit, even that's getting old, too. Even the, even, they use so many of the same jokes so many yeah, times not, and that's yeah. getting old. I'm all for uh, White Canary they switching it up and, and hey, the the female lead gets to gets the girl and all that. I'm good with that. That is not a problem. Flip it. But you keep using this. I don't care who it is. You keep using the same jokes. It's really getting lame. Like it's not even a, a it wasn't even funny this time when it happened. Right. It was just one of those Okay, you did that already. Give me something else. Do something else with another character, please. So at the end of the episode, Rip has been, you know, I guess his wounds have been tended to. He's in the same cell that uh, Vandal Savage was in on the wave. Right now, now, Jim. Now is this is where you're talking about. Moment. This is the dumbest moment of the oh, show. No, 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 no. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back it up. Hold on, I'm, let I'm dropping about 20%, okay? I, I see right. where you're going with this, but I wouldn't call the dumbest just the most unbelievable. But go ahead. Or poorly acted, I guess. But go ahead, Chubb. You're the floor. Well, no, I'm just saying, though, why would you bring him on the ship? Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going with that. No, bringing him on the ship is the dumbest thing that they could possibly do. You, Who knows more about that ship than him on that ship? Who knows more about Gideon than him on that ship? If you're going to bring him on the ship, at least have him unconscious. That was stupid. I would have did that, or at least when you know that Gideon is commanded by voice, deactivate whatever right. it is that gives him, you know, like, ask Gideon first. 
Rip, something has happened to Rip. He is not himself. Like, what, what, what is good? What can we do? Like, is is there any way that he can? This is voice command software. You you see what the damage that he could do by voice. It doesn't know the difference between, right. you know, like he got brainwashed or whatever. She's just gonna execute whatever commands he has in it. So why wouldn't you somehow right. try to either did you know take the command codes off where he can't? do anything he has no more command of the ship anymore or yeah like uh chubb said put him to sleep one or the other or kill him i'm sorry i know we don't like killing people but he's already killed sarah twice basically or i mean very close attempts he's i mean he get rid of him what, but I'm curious. I'm very curious, Jim. Where did you think I was going with that? Well, I thought you were going with the incredibly bad acting that um, uh, Usher gave us in the scene. Oh, yeah. Yes. Did anybody out there I, raise your hand if oh, you yeah, actually yeah. thought Jax would end him? No way. None. I, yeah. no. I, I mean, the line was like, you are no captain. This is not your ship. If you think yeah. about hurting anyone on my team, I will not hesitate to end you. It yeah, was I knew that was all intimidating and, and mm-hmm. shit, but mm-hmm. it was just like come it was on, prophecy man. that told me he couldn't do it. <laughs> it's it was all that. Yeah, I, I knew he wouldn't. Cause you're magic. Okay, so my vote for dumbest thing ever in this is when Ray Palmer is basically told point blank, "Look, I've seen the outcome. You mm-hmm. die. Yep. I mean, you're they not gonna make it." it. And he wait, and he puffs up his chest and he's like. Sounds to me like the stuff legends are made of. And I just vomited metaphorically. I just vomited. That was just so stupid. Like, you have a mission. Like, my whole thing would be, we got to keep these fragments from these murderers. Like, these are killers, okay? And if they get these fragments and put them together, do you not freaking understand that? If they put these pieces together... The damage they could do to everybody, not just to some people, to everybody. You want to have your little fanboy bullshit session? You do that after it's over. But You've seen what Tenacious D with just a pick. This is a spear. Sit there and and say that he had to do that just so he can have his little moment when the mission is that dangerous. Like I could. Like if they would if they would take away this whole thing of there being a, a world ending threat and just have it that they go on these little missions here and there and fix little things here and there is no big deal each episode I'd be okay that's fine do you do your little fanboy thing or whatever but when you give them such an important mission it just makes those characters feel lesser when you write them doing dumb stuff like this and I've seen him not be that way. And it just makes him a it makes him less of a character when you see them do these little petty things. I would see I could see uh uh you know Mick doing something like that. But he acts more like they write him as acting more heroic. That's true lately, yeah. So yeah. I don't understand like I don't get what I you wanna do the fanboy jokes, that's fine. The fan whatever, the 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 fan service you wanna do, that is great. But you know what you do? You write it better. Like, to, to do it the way they do it, a child could write that way, the way they're writing it. Like, it's just, they take no concern. They take no, like, I have to say, timeless. 
I I put that show down when it first came on, but watching yes. that show, it's not like they have that much more money than this show. And the things no. that are better, it's not the it's not the stuff that's expensive. It's the stuff of writing. Writing is not more expensive than that. Like the way that they write the historical figures and the way that they cast them and have them act. You could go in your history books. They even they put that much detail in it. You could go and actually go into your history books. They actually won an award, an historian award, because of the accuracy of the way they wrote their characters. Is this timeless? And this is a time, huh? You talking about timeless? Yeah, they won an award. You see the World Fair exposition episode? Oh my god, they had H. H. Holmes and Houdini. Oh my god. And they and like it doesn't take a lot to do that. Just (laughs) you just have to write it well. And that's what frustrates me about Legends because people want to just be like, "Oh, you're too hard on the show." Blah blah blah. I don't think a show should get a pass because it's a superhero show. It could still be written well. And I don't think it should get a pass because it's lighthearted. Lighthearted doesn't mean you write dumb. Yeah, no, it's just dumb. Yeah, you're right. It t- it it's, it's insulting to to watch it because it's it seems like they're dumbing it down for this audience. And yes, and is that audience not to. us. I mean, I'm <laughs> saying I thought we were the audience. <laughs> right. I, I think what bothers me the most about it, and I think Daryl touched on this earlier when we were starting to talk about this episode, is that parts of it are really cool. Yeah. Like Sarah Lance is awesome. Yeah, you know, she's a great yeah. character and good in the role or whatever. Yep. I mean, some of the stuff really works well. Yep. Uh, it's just like you see these little glimmers of what could be a much better show, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, good legends, yes, do that, and then they don't. And then they don't. Yeah. yeah. It just it's just like, what is going on? Letter <sighs> grades before we move on to the double arrows. I give it an F. F. For sure. F for sure. I guess I grade on a bigger curve than you. I'll give it a D because the parts of, there were parts of it I liked. Okay, let's move on to Arrow, Spectre of the Gun, which was last week's episode. We get the origin Ooh. story of uh, um, Wild Dog. We also yeah. get a, a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, you know, to, yeah. for mature audiences, which is really weird for this show. Yeah, because they shoot people all the time. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Having a gun control episode of Arrow. It's like having a, a speeding, uh, you know, an anti-speeding episode of the, you know, Cannonball Run, you know, yeah, I, or Deuce the Hazard, you know, or uh, safe driving, yeah. Uh, yeah, safe driving episode of the fa- of can- of Dukes of Hazard. You know what I mean? It just, exactly. you know, this is like, this is like the most misfit idea. I thought, you know, this. Oh, it totally. I was. mean, there's so many different issues they could tackle on this show, mm-hmm. and this is like. Not one, I think. Is... This is a Supergirl issue. This is not an yeah. Arrow issue. No, because half of his team, the only thing they do is shoot, is shoot guns. You know, these are the killers, man. They kill. Half the team kills. And the other team, team uses arrows, and like, and those are yeah. just as deadly, if not more so. Yeah, they so. all kill. Like they shoot people like two weeks ago. Like how are you gonna have a, a, a debate about this? You did it two weeks ago. Yeah, not even. Uh, so this episode starts with uh, another day at the office for uh, Mayor Handsome. <laughs> Mayor Handsome. Mayor Handsome. And then a dude shows up at City Hall with an AR-15 and opens fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, now everybody makes it. It's kind of upsetting. Like, it's really... The way they shot that scene was actually pretty cool, I thought. No, it was. It was really... It, was it just really seems out of place thing. on this show. You know? It did because of how much violence is in the show already, and they don't get into it anymore like it's like 
Oliver doesn't even like if this was that season where he had decided not to kill anymore, and then he kind of made a big deal about it for a little bit. I could see if they did it during that time, but he's gotten to the point now where he's all right with it. Like he doesn't kill all the time, but right. still. Yeah, it's not a thing. Like when Diggle, they're not shooting the rubber bullets. When Diggle is shooting and and Wild Dog is shooting and and Vigilante, yeah, yeah. Even with Oliver, like they're shooting weapons, they kill some of them. So I don't know. It's just a weird thing to do with. Um, Renee is there as his new deputy mayor's assistant or whatever, and pulls out a gun and returns fire, but the dude's wearing Kevlar. Uh, in the back of the arrow cave, they can't trace the owner of the AR-15. And this is when uh, Renee and Curtis start having their little uh, gun control argument. Yeah. But who does your damn hair? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should be asking him. That's a bigger debate. I mean, we do need to know this eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot people. Braid your goddamn hair. And it's nicely braided, too. I mean, it's... All the time. It's like R. Kelly Christine. style. Yeah, but that takes, takes all day. I meant to say that takes not not just a couple hours. That takes hours. I can just see the rest of the team waiting for him in the arrow cave. You know, like, yeah. like is he done like, with his hair yet, man? Just content in braids, and then the other half not in braids. Do they have to shoot around his hair schedule, or I'm <laughs> be like, okay, we're gonna in, uh, be like, okay, we're gonna go do that raid. All right, uh, how long do we need? Right, when do you want to do it? Oh, in about four or five hours when Curtis gets his hair done. Exactly. You know, hmm. Unless, at least let uh, uh, Cisco build a, a hair braider machine or something. Right. Or get a speedster to do it. A, a hair molecularizer that can just regenerate your hair in the forms of braids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, somebody posted it on our Facebook page, that little no, quick little true. cap you put on, you know. just That's pfft. not true. That ain't that ain't that ain't how it goes. Nope. That's how that works. It don't, black hair don't work that way. Mm-mm. So uh, tonight's flashbacks are all Renee's. We learn his origin story, as I mentioned. He's taking his Which daughter. Which I like. Huh? Which I liked. I did like saying that. It was a nice break from all the Broadfa stuff. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh. It just annoyed me to no end of the episode after this. Um, so he, he's taking his daughter Zoe, which you know, we didn't know he had a daughter until this either, mm-hmm. uh, to a hockey game. His wife tells him to leave behind his gun. Uh, Renee, in turn, tells her that she's using again, and he knows it. They argue, and they leave for the game. We got out the glades. I know, Renee. We got out. Renee says, uh, when you get home, either the drugs will be gone or you will be. Yeah. So, gives her an ultimatum before he leaves. So we end up with uh, Quentin and Curtis and Dinah all weighing in on gun control mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in, the, in the cave or whatever. Um, Oliver suits up to question a member of the Bertinelli crime family. Hey, does that name sound familiar? Bertinelli? Name drop. Yep. Huh. Huntress. Um, while uh, while they, he's got like a member of the crime family because you know he's you know, their possible involvement, he's questioning him. Vigilante comes and guns down the crime lord, and says the only difference between us is that I use a more efficient weapon. I don't think there's nobody left now the Bertinelli. I don't think so. After that, I think they killed them all. I think that's it. Just Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Um, facial recognition finds that this guy is named James Edland. It turned out his wife and daughter were killed in a mall shooting about a year and a half ago. Uh, since they lost his job and his home and that he supported, he supported the Star City gun registry. And then, uh, that must be the motive for the attack. 
because, you know, gun registry, that's where you want to take it out or whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, Arrow kind of falls apart when they are, um, Oliver kind of falls apart when they ask him what is the thing is about guns, and he says it's complicated, and uh, Quentin is like, you yeah, know, here's one thing you, you can't solve as Arrow, you have to solve it as the mayor, you know. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, you have to be something more. The mayor. Like um, not incompetent. So he invites, uh, Councilwoman Pollard over, and then he says, uh, you better settle in because neither of us are leaving this room until we have a policy. We're going to stay in this room till we work something out. Oh, I got to go. This is also the part where they're out, <laughs> they're out questioning people on the street about the gun, and Diggle just beats the hell out of a dude. For fun. Yeah, because he's like, I, I know you live in this neighborhood. Like, what? <laughs> you, had, you had coffee at so the I, same time. I live in a, yeah, right. <laughs> I saw your Facebook. You checked in at the same time. <laughs> right. You go to the same grocery store. I don't know that guy. You know I'm, I'm going to beat you until you tell the same me. giant eagle. Uh, but yeah, he just beat the hell out of a guy and then goes and has a nice conversation with Dinah about her new apartment. How much? Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, that's so good. Like, I just beat up a dude that didn't I, know I anything doing? in the yeah. first place. And right. then he's like, so uh, what apartment are you going to get? you going to get that one with the nice uh, view or what do you, you want to do? Then we get more uh, philosophy from Kurt and Felicity about how oh, people don't argue the right way anymore. Mm-hmm. Almost like I was on the computer on on Facebook. They end up going to a uh, a therapy meeting or whatever about people uh, with guns. You know, people's lives have been affected by guns or whatever. And uh, Renee thinks Curtis kind of set them up to go there, but he's like, "Look, you know, guns save lives or whatever." Then we go to the flashback. Renee and Zoe are coming home from the game. They find a skeezy dealer holding a gun to his wife's head, demanding 500 bucks. Renee says he'll get the money from the safe, which is actually where the gun is. Yep. Uh, but his kid startles the dealer, and he starts shooting, and Renee snatches his gun, kills the dealer, but the, as the dealer dies, he puts a bullet into Renee's wife and kills him. But the dumb thing about this is that he... I mean, I don't even know what message they're trying to send us, because... I don't know either, because, like, his... Him shooting that guy causes him right. to shoot his wife. And then if he had taken the gun with him in the first place, it probably wouldn't have happened the way So who, who was wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him, yeah. Or, him or her. We don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Both. Um, Curtis Nobody and Renee knows. suit up. So, you know, four or five hours later after Curtis gets his hair dead, uh, they find know. a framed photo of the dude's family and a whole bunch of bullets and a floor plan for the Sterling General Hospital. Um, Oliver gets the news, he go. He breaks out from that uh, meeting he was in, and arrives at the hospital, still as Mayor Queen, to stop Evelyn, he talks him down, he convinces Evelyn to hand over the gun without harming anyone. Oliver returns to Pollard, and they have a proposal they can live with, and uh, supposedly, you know, there's going to be you know, tighter gun control on Star City. There's a final flashback with Renee on the phone to a social worker, he's getting his daughter taken away from him. And that's exactly the same time he sees Green Arrow killing Damien Dark, so that ties up right to where he began. Curtis apologizes to Renee, and then uh, tells him that, you know, even though Zoe's in a good foster home, maybe we can try to get her back. So that'll probably be an ongoing thing later. Um, he has a heart, Oliver gives a speech and has a vigil for the shooting victims that night. And uh, they don't go into details anything about the policy. They say there is a policy, you know. Because, you know, that would be too too realistic to actually talk about some way to, you know, actually do things, actually yeah. fix things. 
Yeah, that's so. insane. What are you talking about, Jim? What's wrong with you? I don't know. Maybe what kind they... of leftist agenda are you trying to run on? <laughs> I'm out of here. Who sent you? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry, did I trigger you, Snowflake? I'm um, out of here now. So I, I will not stand for this. I don't know. I don't know what to grade this episode because, like, it's trying it's so tough. hard. It's be, trying so hard to put across this message. But yeah, it's totally hypocritical about that message, like in every other episode. So what do you do? Can we name it F for Fever Dream? I don't know, man. No, I, I'm giving it just a C because there was some effort there, but it just it just did not cut it. And uh, I, don't think, like, I, I don't think I want to fail it. And a D, I think, would be... But maybe a D would be better than a C, but right I, in there. But I think in terms of the dealing with the gun law... Yeah, it failed. It failed in that. Like if that's your deal, and I think this is one of those times where you it was it you really tried to put that into a show that pretty much is not the show for that. Like it's at not all. the wrong audience for show. that too. We're looking for escapist vengeance fiction yeah. here. Okay, and then funny. all of a sudden in this like, episode they they. They yeah. pass this. Yeah. They pass these laws that our government can't even manage to make any progress on. Really? I'm saying. <laughs> Stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Arrow, out of all the the shows, Arrow is more like we say Batman, but in actuality, he's more like the Punisher with a little bit more of a conscience, really, because yeah, like killing that. is not a big deal for him when it comes to killing bad guys. You know when it, it, it's. It's just something he does. Right. Like, they're not going back on that. Because when they tried to do that, it came off very wrong. It just seemed like the wrong issue for this show to try to tackle. Yeah, it you is. You know, it could have tackled all different kinds of you know other important issues that would have fit better with the narrative structure of this show. But going for gun this control on a show that, like this that uses so many guns every episode right. is yeah. kind of ludicrous. Now, it would have been a better on Supergirl or Flash, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Probably Flash. I think Supergirl, if anything, you might have gotten away with a little bit more. But even with that being said, it was like... You have a mayor who's been, he's not, I mean, if they wanted to go political, they were going political. He is not a, they did touch it, and then they didn't really go further with it. I think it's saying more to say, you got this dude who got in the office who is not prepared to be in office. He's not, he, he, he is unequipped to be mayor. And that no doesn't mimic anything going on in current you affairs. You could have done that. You could have gone that route and 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 took it that way. That him not him being so inept in his job has hurt the city in some ways. Yeah, I like, like that. You could, if you want to go that route, you could have. But they didn't give us that. enough to go that route, really. No, they don't yeah. give you you're, enough. You're they you're you're helping them. You're... I know. I'm helping them. Then <laughs> they need help. It. I'm... He just says it once, like, I don't know how to deal with this issue. And then mm-hmm. they come back for commercial and then they figure something out. So it, it just negates right. all that. It's just like, ah, it's no. So it's like, it's trying to say so many on. things <laughs> and it says nothing at the same right. time. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's like, I don't know. That's it's, frustrating. That is frustrating. It is, it is frustrating. So I guess I'm going to give it a, a C. I have to, you know, just kind of middle of the road. I mean, you just, you just brought a woman on the team that shot a guy and killed him with yep. her powers, point yep. blank range, and he gave up. 
he surrendered and you watched her kill this dude and you still asked her to join the team. How can you, you got a guy on your team whose only super ability is that he knows how to use guns? Yes. Wild dog. That's all he does. Because I thought for a minute maybe he's using rubber bullets and that's why. Right. No. no. But no. He's no. Using Same with Diggle, bullets. man. Well, at least with Diggle, I would think maybe he can get away with it because he's a he's a military the military background. That's right. that's military your guy. weapons. I mean, that's you know they're but even like that, his, yeah. yeah. So. Well, Renee's got the military background too. I mean, but he's dishonorable. Okay. Right. I'm so just either. I'm just yeah. saying. Still, that, still I'm just saying. You, know, you, you have all mm-hmm. these guys in your team, and their their main weapon are guns. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis gonna, Curtis has a special weapon too. Getting his he ass his kicked, body. Yeah. He his body into people, human and target, let them beat the hell out of them. Something to do while everyone else is fighting, and they beat the Cover. hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. Like in the next episode, we're gonna talk about. Oh, he uses he uses oh. weapon a lot. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, yeah. get the kid, the people all really tired of beating up on me, and then you can swoop yeah. in. Yeah, pretty much. That's right. all, it's, it's, all, it's all strategy. Plan. It's all strategy. You know what? It it's terrific. That's what that. Oh, means. all right. Oh, oh. So, uh, so structure of the gun. What do you give? My it? head hurts. Like my braids are too tight. I'm like, let me just pat my, my hair. Too tight. <laughs> I just gave myself a hemorrhage. So we all give it. A, we all give that episode a letter grade yet? I give it a C. Uh, I don't jump to. I give it a what the f? I don't even know what to give it. Uh, I guess C. I guess I give it a C. C minus. Okay, the final episode we'll be talking about tonight is called The Sin Eater. Mm. And <laughs> I'm going to get the flashback crap out of the way first. Yeah. There's a lot of dumb shit with the Bradva. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. is that is that accurate? Is that good enough? Yeah, you pretty much got it accurate. Okay, yeah. There's, yeah. A bunch, there's a bunch of dumb shit with the Bradva. Yeah, we know they're friends. We get it. Yes. Okay, okay thank you. Boom. So I'm just gonna get that out. Of, that's done. Done. Back, back, done. Flashbacks out of the way. Yes. Um, three uh, female villains from former episodes of Arrow uh, join join forces, break out of jail together. Uh, China White, uh, Carrie sure. Cutter, aka Cupid, mm-hmm. and Liza Warner, who was a corrupt cop who who you know refused to kill other cops. Uh, in fact, Quentin talked her down and talked her into turning herself in. And I guess it didn't go so well for her in prison because she's not well, really happy with Quentin Well, he would have checked now. on her, but he got drunk. Right. If he hadn't been drunk, he would have checked on her, but, you know. Yeah, right. So she kind of has a personal thing for him. Uh, Oliver and John go talk to Amanda Westfield. That's uh, Prometheus's mom. But she will not give up the goods on her son, even though he's you know, killed all these people or whatever. I'm saying, I'm saying. Um, Susan, the uh, uh, reporter, swings by and asks Oliver, he's Green Arrow? And he's like, of course not. Come on, me? Girl. Just because I look just like him and we have the same thing. And I got tattoos on it, you know, and I'm ripped. I'm cut. I never see you at the same time that Arrow. Thea and Felicity cook this little plan up. Uh, They break into Susan's computer and they find out they, Susan has everything. That's ruthless, man. All the stuff on Oliver. That's so, the ruthless shit, right? So there. they set her up. Yeah. I, I did like the scene where Felicity's like, you know, her password is one two three four, <laughs> and she called this right. file Oliver Queen Info. 
because she's super creative. I like how cold she was about it. Yeah. She was like, yeah. she's like, no, Oliver, it's fine. It's okay. We planted some evidence on it. She but, didn't do yeah, it. But yeah. it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's all totally right. fine. It's but all right. It's, it's just, okay. The thing that got me was that, you know, she's been, she had that thing from that young hacker or whatever, that yep. magic hard drive or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. And yep. she's been struggling morally with that ever since she got it. But yet this episode, she has no problem planting evidence on some chick to get her off of Oliver's trail. Let's see. So. I got a supervisor I want you to hack. I'll pay you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Team Arrow learns that the, the trio of hot chicks are going after a depository of cash that Tobias Church left there. Uh, yeah, they're trying to get paid, son. Um... They located one time, and uh, of course Oliver says, "You know, has failed the city business." But the uh, women, women are not impressed. No. And uh, this no. is when Liza takes off after Quentin calling him a liar. And, you know, she says she saw him working with Damian Dark. Mm-hmm. And Quentin's like, "You know, Dark was threatening my daughter." I just had you. But you know, Liza's like, "I'll take just like you. I have to do whatever it takes to survive." Cause I got to get paid. So then a bunch of uh, troops break in, but they're not there for the women. They're after Green Arrow for Billy's murder. Because they didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. G.A. Uh, Green Arrow flashbangs himself out of there. Um, the next day, Captain Pike is called to meet with Mary Queen. And Mary Queen says, yeah, hey, man. Uh, Green Arrow's cool. Don't. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I have no good authority that wasn't Green Arrow. You know what? My mama's sister's brother's cousin's uh, next door neighbor. He said told it was okay. Me, he said it was told all right. me that yeah that it was all right. Arrows good people. So it turns out that Susan got fired. She got an anonymous tip that she'd been plagiarizing her story for years, and they planted mm-hmm. all this evidence on her laptop. Then Oliver goes ballistic for some reason, and he storms the Arrow Cave and yells at Felicity and Thea, and they say they did it to protect him. And I like how they of, don't flinch. They yeah, don't flinch. and it, instead of right. Oliver saying, you know, well, thanks for protecting my identity, he's all like, you blew up their life. What does that do to a person? You know, like, taking this, like, skeezy journalist aside, you know. Which I totally don't get. I mean, I get I get that he was close to her, but not for that long and not enough. I, I, I just, I don't buy his emotions for her. I don't. It yeah, just no, doesn't play well in. Well, I think there's no one. See, the the thing about it is, there's no one with the moral high ground. It's just the whole team is so dirty now that there's no one with the moral high ground right. to argue with him. Everybody's hands are dirty in something, so it comes off so weak for him to to come out of his mouth to say, you know, you shouldn't have done it when. She was holding. She was like gathering evidence. If anything, you should be mad. You should be even more angry with her, because she was sleeping with you and gathering information behind your back. Yeah, she was about to like expose to the world that you're a Green Arrow. Your sister right. and your ex girlfriend helped you out, and yet you take her side against your sister and your ex girlfriend who are trying to save your secret identity. I just didn't. All right. You just slept together. Like you, come on, Oliver, man. You, you, you've been with women before. Act like you've been there. Like yeah. I don't know why you fall in love. He acts. I mean, you acting like you've been together for years or something, and she right. built up Eels. this trust or something. Like 
come on, dude. Relax. Yep. They hooked you up, man. Thea's like, you know, I like Thea. I like Thea now. She's like, I agree. Thea's she's very like, yeah, pragmatic. Brother, yeah. She's like, my brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him run his mouth. But this is what we going to do. Like, I like how she is about it. Because he needs somebody to, to be up in his business and be like, look, this is you're messing up the team. I, you know, I wish White Canary was like that. And okay. Yeah. Had that pragmatic thing. Like, I mean, she's the one to be right. like, "Look, enough. Like, we're not gonna do this. is This is about the mission. Just there's certain things that have to be done and get it done. Like Thea, I like how they write her like that. Finally, so I, I, I hope they continue to keep her in that same role. Anywho, uh, they go for the big showdown in a great in a uh, cemetery. Uh, the three women versus Team Arrow. Um, you know, they t- Felicity stops Dinah to offer the Black Canary mask, and Dinah's like, you know, she's not really ready to fill Laurel's shoes, and then Felicity says, it's not her shoes, it's a mask. Because her ass couldn't fight. How <laughs> 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 you fill oh. her shoes? Why? So they break in uh, to this coffin, and they find all this money, and they're all like, we're taking over, we're taking back the city. We're going to take back the Carter. And as they're escaping, they get canary cried off their feet by Dinah, who's uh, standing on the roof. Right. Um, a whole bunch of, I guess, the Bertinelli units show up, and Timero commenced to fighting, which means you know, Mr. Trivic gets his ass kicked hey, hey, while hey. the other people fight. <laughs> No, Mr. Terrific used his body to make sure that the villains stay in that one place. He threw his his torso into the feet of three people constantly so that they'd be tired, too tired to run away. Right. By kicking and hitting on him, they're they right. they're all worn out by the time the other people actually get there, you know. And, and he has a brighter outfit now, so it's easier to kick him. Right. When so they it's need a bigger to. target. Yeah. Just kick the white stripe. <laughs> and that's how you hit the target. And that way the rest of the good. team can get to drop on him while they're right. beating on him. Right. He's a yeah, human punching bag. A human punching yeah. bag. Yeah. Um, cops show up, they arrest all the thugs and leave Team Arrow alone. Green Arrow thanks Pike and repeats his word for word what Oliver said to him about regretting his role in Billy's death. Why he just tell him who he is? He probably will. He's told everyone else, right? He's already did. The guy's gonna come to him. Well, how? What? Make? I bet you any kind of money. At the end of the next episode, he's gonna go up to Oliver and he's gonna say, "You're the Green Hour, aren't you?" Something like that. And you know it. You I'm know it's gonna happen. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already, considering you know. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. Quentin has a moment with Dinah and tells her, you know, that that's what Laurel would have wanted. Oliver finds Thea. She apologizes uh, again. And then uh, Oliver thinks he's, he says he's more worried about her. And I was just like, really? Because she just saved your ass, man. You should right. be just like, sure thankful, you know? Yep. And then finally, Adrian, uh, uh, Adrian storms into Oliver's office, says there's a problem. They turn on the TV, and it turns out that... Uh, Somebody leaked that the mayor's office ordered the falsification of the autopsy on Billy. So, who did that? Who do you think did that? And then Queens uh, Oliver's like, uh, "This isn't my problem. This might be the end of my administration." And credits. Who do you think did that? Was it Prometheus? 
Could be. He would, yeah. he would gain the most from, you know, bringing Oliver down. He doesn't know Oliver's secret identity, so. All right. Could very well be. Um, this episode is a B. I really, they should have paid it out. They should have had more time with the, uh, the three women. That would have been yes. more, made it more interesting. I agree. Yeah. Less, time, less time with the frickin' Bratva. Ugh. I know we uh, keep saying, we keep grabbing by the flashbacks on this show, but this one just really... Well, there was took, no... Took the, the cake. The, you know. Yeah, the the deal with the Bradford, you learn nothing new. Like that's that's the thing. Like the only good flashbacks are ones where you learn something new. With Wild Dog, we learn what happened. We learn the thing about his daughter, right? Having a daughter, so it meant more. Even with Oliver, you learn the thing about Talia is the one that trained him. Right, and they didn't even have Talia in this episode no, of Flashbacks at all. It was him no. and the Russian dude in the mustache and another Russian you, dude in the mustache. You and... already established that him and that dude are good friends to the point where yeah. he even turned against for other Russians to defend you because yeah. you're in that brotherhood. You've already established it. What is the point of this episode? All no, it does right. is just reaffirm the same thing you already told us. So why are you repeating yourself? Yeah. It made no sense. What do you guys give it? Uh, if they had had a flashback of just Curtis getting his hair done, I'd have, uh, I'd have put this episode as an A+. I mean, plus. obviously. Well, yeah, but we all want to see that. Yeah, but since they refuse to give us what we want, I will have to give the episode a C+. Jerry, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm I at a C. Yeah, D, I, I just didn't like enough to give it a better grade. It just wasn't there for me. Wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. The first half of the season seemed really strong, and it's been kind of wavering yeah. since then. Yeah, to me anyway. It was a strong. It did really was. Well. It just seems like these last couple of just. Yeah, it's, it's just like they, yeah, yeah. It's just like they just. I don't know. It's just like it, it's like they wrote these and threw them in the corner, and then they were like, "Ah, we'll do the episodes anyway." That and sounds it, accurate. Is anything else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Well, we will probably be doing a review of Lego Batman next episodes, um, since I'm the only one who's seen it, I think. No, I've seen it. I thought Chubb saw it, yeah. Oh, it's Chubb yeah. saw it? Okay. Well, yeah, I've we, seen it a couple times. We can do that really quick now, I guess. I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. I My kids liked I, it. <clears throat> I liked it a lot. I mean, I think that I still like the Lego movie a little bit more. I think it had a little bit more substance to it. But this, what I loved about the the Lego Batman movie is just all of the little Easter eggs and the callbacks to the different um, eras of Batman and everything. I mean, just that one scene where Alfred's going through and talking about, you know, the that time in ninety one, that time in ninety nine, that weird one, and that weird one sixty six, yeah. I mean, and and I I don't know. I just I love that it had a good plot. I thought it had good voice talent. I mean, all in all, I was very satisfied. Like I said, I've seen it twice, so it it was good, very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot too. My kids liked it a lot. Um, you know, they only know Lego Batman from the Batman movie or from the Lego movie, pretty right. much. And right. you know, from osmosis of knowing the character of Batman just, you know, from around, but they really liked it a lot, too. I loved all the Easter eggs and the fan service, and Condiment, I mean, Condiment I, King, I, and uh, Crazy Quilt, and <laughs> Calendar Man, and the, well, even, um, and the old uh, Calendar uh, Man outfit. Uh, what's his name? Vincent Price used to play. Uh, Egghead, yeah, because he, yes. he, yes. he eggs the bat signal. 
So yeah. I can't call for well, Batman. I love it so much. I have, with the exception of two of the sets that are out, I have built all of the Lego sets for the Lego Batman movie. Oh, come on. Oh, dude. Jerry knows how awesome it is. Uh, what Jerry knows is I've gotten four boxes in the last five days that are about three feet high each. Uh, delivered to the porch and all from Lego. That's Come what Jerry on, knows. man. I need a Lego vention at my house. Lego vention. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Jerry. Thank you. Hey. It's, it's a it's a common growing problem. I just try to increase awareness. Dude, her dude's you are, Lego you, collection is massively okay. awesome. Yeah. What's anyway, the translation of the movie? I th- anyway, the movie was pretty awesome. I thought I thought it was great. You know, Will Arnett, of course, is Batman. Zach Galifianakis is the Joker, and Michael Sarah as Robin. Uh, I think it was what Isha Tyler as Batgirl. Yeah. Uh, no, it was. Um, um, oh, she's on Daredevil. Uh, oh, uh, Rosario Dawson. Oh, uh, Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, no, and I love the fact that Ray finds voiced Alfred, but yeah. somebody else voiced Voldemort. Because <laughs> Voldemort Seleka was in there, too. Nice. Oh, Lord. That's some deep geek in there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> known for. If you Speaking of geeky stuff, if you like geeky podcasts, and by all means, head over to, first of all, try out the Taylor Network of Podcasts. There is a vast spectrum of different shows to check out over there, including Go Trek Yourself for the Star Trek fan, uh, Star Wars Conversations for the Star Wars fan, the new and improved Comic Racks featuring Miss Jerry Atkinson and Miss Wendy Freeman. I can't wait to hear that one. Um, Paradigm Shift, a new D&D podcast where you're going to follow a new group of adventurers, one of which being me, um, through a, yeah. a, a D&D campaign uh, run by Alan uh, Alan White, uh, a.k.a. New Mutant. Uh, yeah, hit that great. on the first try when you read that thing out like a actual radio thing well i get a lot of radio drama i get a lot i get a lot of practice (laughs) but uh all kinds of great uh podcasts Uh there check that check all that stuff out and uh also hhwlod is a good place to go for podcasts you got this podcast coming from there uh the walking dead podcast is in effect now again with the uh, new season uh Yes, we have zombies. We have zombies once again. Daryl and Carol got back together. Aw, isn't that nice? Um, Oh, we just broke up again. Aw, damn it. But anyway, (laughs) uh, you check that out there. It's All Connected, which is the Marvel TV podcast, kind of the brother podcast to this one, only they cover a lot fewer shows because, you know, they're lazy lazy Marvel fans. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean... Whoa. Hey, now. Just kidding. No shots fired there. Nothing but Okay, good. Uh, Nothing but love. And until next time, when we have another full slate of DC TV to talk about, I bid you adieu and we are ghosts. Good night. Good night. Later. Good day. See you.